Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And I, I remember one time when they started writing in, in all that scripts, and they laugh about this. They wrote, and then Kel does something physical. And right. Kel goes crazy. <laughs> Kel does it. And they wouldn't even like give the action because they just didn't know what I might do. So they were right. just like, go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Which was fun, man. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Kel Mitchell. And I love the quote that says, it's a great day for a good day. Let's go. (laughs) Here we are again, everybody. Yep, you guessed it. This is another episode of Off the Beat. I am your host, Brian Baumgartner. You might say my guest today is all that. He's a good guy. Yes, I'm talking about the very, very funny Kel Mitchell. You've probably known Kel for a long time, like since he was just a kid. He was on the Nickelodeon sketch comedy show, All That, groundbreaking in its time. But you probably didn't even need me to say his last name because he's also half of the iconic duo Keenan and Kel. The other half, of course, being SNL's own Keenan Thompson. The pair were also the brains behind another iconic duo. Ed and Dex from the hit sketch turned movie Good Burger. And you can watch the brand new sequel, Good Burger 2, on Paramount Plus right now, breaking records for Paramount Plus 25 years after the original Good Burger. But he doesn't just serve burgers. Do you hear that transition? Kel 
is also a voiceover artist. He's worked on cartoons like Clifford the Big Red Dog, The Proud Family, Pink Panther and Friends. He's a licensed pastor. He's a musician who not only writes and records his own music, but he has appeared on tracks with big names like Khalid and Mature and Kanye West. So let's just hear what he has to say about all this, shall we? Here's the precocious Kel, or Kel Mitchell, if you must. Bubble and squeak, I love it. Bubble and squeak, I know. Bubble and squeak, I cook it every morning. Left over from the night before. What's up, Kel? What's up, man? How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. What's going on? Where are you? I am in Los Angeles. <laughs> Los Angeles. Yeah. The city of angels. Now, is that where you live? That's where I live. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were talking about walking the dog and walking with their kid and the kid melted down. And then they sent me a picture saying he's fine. Now he got a cookie and she sent the picture and I wasn't thinking about the cookie or the melting down. I was thinking about the fact that the kid had a snow cap on and like a gigantic coat and gloves. And I'm like, Oh yeah, it's cold other places right now. <laughs> like I, know, I, I had like forgotten that we're in toward the middle of December right now. Yeah, man. I'm from Chicago originally. So I, I, know, I, know, I know about that coat. <laughs> you were born in Chicago. Yep. Right. South so South. are you, uh, you, do you consider that your home or is Los Angeles your home now? I mean, well, I was born and raised in Chicago. Okay. So I'm always going to love Chicago, be a Chicago and, but Los Angeles is home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when did you start performing? How old were you? Oh, man. Well, that was, if you ask my parents, that was very young, out the womb. My mom okay. said I bust out smiling when I came. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, man, I was always like making people laugh, getting in trouble in school. And so my parents tried to try everything to uh, get me in some type of hobby. And we tried everything. And the one that stuck was actually doing theater. Okay. It was a community theater in Chicago that we saw a few plays at. And they had a summer course. My parents were like, yo, just go to the summer course. See what, you know, we'll see what happens. It's just something to keep you busy. It wasn't like right. to get on TV or anything. Right, and right. Uh, I just fell in love with the uh, the art of acting. This was like, oh, this, this is my people. This is where I could do all the things I do in school and get in trouble. And... Uh, <laughs> And, and it, it went from me doing showcases there to it turning into an actual job where I did plays at night with adults and had to rehearse. And so I wasn't acting up as much as I was used to in school because now it was a job. So it was, uh, was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. So how, how old were you here when this starts to become like a real thing and you're doing, you're doing you know, shows with adults and, and not yeah. just farting around? This was, I want to say, 12. Okay. Like 12 into 13. Yeah. Like around that age. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, now are you, are you taking classes too? Is there a class? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There were classes. So then I started after the summer course, then it was classes. I think they were like every Wednesday or something like that after school. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we would do 
uh, these acting classes at the theater. So shout out to uh, Runako Jahi, who's my my drama teacher. I recently just talked to him recently about Gaberga too. We were you know talking back and forth, but but yeah, man, I just I loved it, and I, I went from working there to doing stuff at Goodman Theater, Victory Gardens oh, wow. Theater. You know, I love the city of Chicago, so uh, they have a great theater district. So. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Were you doing any comedy? Were you doing any stand up or improv at this point or? or yeah, no? it was a, it was a lot of comedy. Uh, okay. Definitely, definitely a lot of improv uh, in drama. So I was doing drama plays. I started with the drama, but it was such a beautiful thing in theater because I learned, you know, the dance. We also took dancing. We also, you know, took acting classes, improv classes, like the whole thing. So that's why I'm always into like the Rat Pack. And like that, you know, triple threat type of vibe, you know what I mean? And because uh, I, I, I do music, I dance, I tell jokes, comedy, drama, all the entertainment you know, that I'm into. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to talk about your music career a little bit later. But at this age, are you singing at this age? Like within plays, within yeah, within plays. plays I am uh, at this time. I had a rap group that I was involved in. Uh, really? We, yeah, we got a song on. WGCI, which is local at this point, right? But, uh, you know what I mean, and doing stuff there in Chicago, and you know, my sister worked at uh, Metro Music, which was like a record company that a lot of the artists used to go to and sign autographs back then. And so, like, she got all the all the tapes, you know, before before they came out, all the samples oh, right. of like LL Cool J and another bad creation, crisscross, all the dope stuff. You know what I mean? So I was I was into it. I used to play the B side with the instrumental and just. Make my records. <laughs> That's <funny>. awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Were your were your folks? I mean, I I know you said before that you, they they wanted you not to get in trouble so much, so they were trying to find an activity. Now, I mean, this is a lot of running around from place to place. Are they supportive at this point? Are they like, yeah, you go, Kel, or or what's what's their what's their feeling? They're supportive, man. They're supportive. They they like that I was uh, having a positive outlet because I had buddies that were. On the up and up, and then I had buddies that weren't. You know what I mean. So it was good that <laughs> I was doing something positive. So right. Cool with that, you know. And they always, always into everything. You know, as far as like church, Boy Scouts, <laughs> we were. They kept us very active. My parents were really into education. My dad is a retired psychologist, and my mom is a retired teacher. So like, it was very. Oh, like, wow. <laughs> yeah, very important. Right. And they had this kid that's doing, you know, class clown stuff and stand up. <laughs> <laughs> so I like to talk to my guests about this because to me it's interesting. And you've kind of touched on it a little bit. Like from a child who says, like, I want to, you know, be a professional basketball player or, mm -hmm. you know, I want to be a, in the movies or whatever. And then that sort of goes away. Or you're doing activities because you're a kid and you need to stay busy and that teaches you important social lessons and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, at what point for you and how old when you're like, this is what I want to do. Like, <laughs> I want to be an entertainer. And also special two part question, okay. because you were doing so much in the theater, which is which is where I started. Was it about doing theater, being an actor, or did you start thinking about other mediums man i okay so to answer that i think as a parent because then also being a parent too i think it's very important to kind of lean into those things that you see your kids have interest in mm -hmm. or a desire to do because that could be one of the things that leads to their purpose in life or one of the doors that open and have them experience different things that are you know positive but experiencing different things because of that fact 
doors were like open that I was like, oh, okay, this is another part of this thing that I enjoy. Because it's like when I was doing theater, then all of a sudden, you know, we had this shoot because they came to see some kids that had like, you know, hip hop style or whatever. And they were just like, hey, we want you guys to model for Captain Crunch. What? And then so now we take a picture. So I always tell people I was a model first. So because I booked that and I got on the back of the Crunchberries box. That went from me doing theater, you know, downtown theater, Victory Gardens and Goodman. And then that turned into me getting an agent. And then (laughs) from me getting that agent, then that turned into going on auditions and uh, movies. And so it wasn't a thing of like, we knew exactly. We, my parents were like experiencing with me along the way. Right. And just being very supportive in me going, okay, I want to try this now. <laughs> I want to try this. This door is open. I want to try this now. And so shout out, shout out to them for being very, uh, very supportive during that process. Cause I know it was a lot to even for them to process at that point. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. And I mean, yeah. it's very different now, but I grew up in Atlanta and at the time I think, you know, it had a, it had a very solid, you know, stable of theaters that you could go and act in and so forth. Now it's, of course, it's totally different. It's like the entertainment capital of the world and everything under the sun is shot there. But at the time, I don't know, like it just, it wasn't even like a part of my, con- no one was asking me to be on the back of crunch berries. Like there wasn't like that modeling stuff or like commercials, or mm-hmm. at least it was just not in my consciousness. Yeah. Like I never even saw that as an opportunity, but yeah. it sounds like pretty early you start having a diverse experiences. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit, because you're still young at this point. I mean, I'm not a great at math, but it seems like <laughs> 16-ish, you end up auditioning for a new show called All That. Talk to yeah. me a little bit about that experience. How did that audition come about, and, yeah. and how did you end up getting the job? Yeah, that was, I feel like I was like 15. Okay. Yeah, you were you're almost right there. So, <laughs> yeah, right in the ballpark. Yeah, man. So similar, like what you were saying uh, back then, as far as the opportunities, because now Chicago they film everything there now, right? As well as in Atlanta. But right. around this time, it was infomercials, a lot of modeling gigs, things of that nature. But then all that came along, and it was like a sketch comedy for kids, and you know that was new too because that hadn't been done. I mean, okay. of course, you had SNL, you had Living Color, but an all kid sketch show had not been done. And so, uh, except for like, I want to say roundhouse, but it still wasn't the same, you know? No, I was so, I mean, in in getting ready to talk to you today, you know, I did a deep dive back into all that. And, you know, I was familiar with your work and your sketches and Uh specifically what we'll talk about you and Keenan together, but I wasn't aware of this show and how groundbreaking it was. What you just said. I don't mean to be reductive, but basically SNL, but for kids. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and, and the idea of that is just like, well, of course, why would we not have that? But at the time it hadn't been done. So where, how, how do you, you just get an audition to meet with them? Yeah. So how it kicked off was that I was already going on auditions out in Chicago. Yeah. And then nothing like this had ever came through the pipeline. So when okay. that came along, and, you know, this is back in the day where they didn't have the, the Zoom auditions or nothing like that. They were really scouting kids across America. And they went everywhere, man. So they came to Chicago. 
at this point, you know, I'm a sophomore, like in high school. I, I remember I had finals that day and we had this audition, ended up getting there late because uh, it was like way downtown. And I lived on the South side and I remember getting there late and I did the audition with, for Brian Robbins, you know, you're talking about head of the class. These are shows that I watched, you know, and they said, Hey, do you want to do any impersonations? And instead of doing people that were like famous, I did people that were that I grew up around. <laughs> like people, people I saw that I was, you know, on the L, you know, riding on the subway, you know, right. you know, my uncles, all these different people, my coach in my high school, and ultimately all those characters that I did in the room ended up being on the show. But it was deep wow. because within this audition process, it took like I want to say two weeks before they even called back. So I'm thinking I didn't get it. And then uh, I remember it was a late night phone call at my house. And my mom was like, hello, huh? Who? Whoa. All right. Thank you, Jesus. And we went to LA. Then it was like, when we went to LA, it was the Avengers. It was like every funny kid that they found from all these different cities and states battling out. And so I had to battle it out one more time and uh, got in there and made the top, top seven for all that. But the thing about it is that it was just a special. And so, because Nickelodeon was, they were afraid. They were like, because I, I compare it to Living Color as well, because right. it was very diverse too, as well. We had a lot of, you know, the hip hop acts and, you know, we're all different colors and all these different things. So, uh, and so for Nickelodeon, they were just like, ah, well, let's try it. Let's see. <laughs> it, it kicked off. I mean, the ratings were uh, through the roof. But for us, all of the kids, we thought, hey, this is a one off. It's a special. Let's see what happens to it. So we all went back home. You know, just to see what happened. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. <laughs> so you thought you were just shooting one. Yeah. Yeah. We thought and we then one. how much later is it that you find out like that they want to do more? I want to say it was a few months later because okay. when the special went off, the kids were going crazy. Okay. <laughs> the kids were going crazy. They were like, what is the show? All that. Oh, my goodness. TLC was our like first guest. They sung the theme song. You know what I mean? And it was like, it really spoke to the time now. We all had the same vibe as kids watching it at that point. So uh, they brought us all back and life changed right there. Like, you know, my mom was pregnant with my younger sister and it just so happened, you know, that she was on leave for that. And so she had time to fly with me to go to Florida to film this show. And it just really, it really kicked off. And, you know, to shoot at Universal Studios in Florida, <laughs> you know, on the yeah. back lot. Uh, yeah, man, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. How many episodes did you do? Were you there for like a long time or did you kind of shoot them back and back and bank them? Yeah, we shot, I want to say season one might've been like 12 episodes, okay. I believe. Yeah. And then we would do it like a small hiatus and then come back and we kept going and we went from season to season. Then all of a sudden, um, they stopped me and Keenan. And then all of a sudden it was, Hey, you guys stay back <laughs> on this next hiatus on this next break. You all stay here. And we were like, why? And they were like, well, we want to create a show with you and Keenan. And we we're like, what? So the two they were like, this is going to be different. This is going to be like Martin or Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you know, that type of show. Family Matters. I said, whoa, okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Did you and Keenan hit it off pretty quickly? Yeah, I mean, it, it was such a beautiful thing where it's like, of course, we sized each other up. Like, okay, okay, this kid is similar to me. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then it was a thing of us both killing it in sketches alone. And then what okay. happened was there was a sketch called Mavis and Clavis, where we we played two old guys. We both saw it in that sketch where it was like, I would say something, he would say something. I knew what he was about to say right before he said it. And in that moment, it was this magic where it was just like, okay. And they started putting us in all sketches, like, together. It was great, man, in that moment. And we both remember that moment, too, as well. (laughs) Yeah. So this was the writers who saw the. I mean, you guys felt it. But Mm -hmm. this was the writers who, in that next hiatus, said, hey, you guys, you're not not going home. This was from them watching you guys work together yeah man and, and then uh because you know brian always says it was like he would watch us off camera too and you know because our life off camera was very hilarious too right and so they wanted to create this keenan and kill world and it was it was awesome man and you know they came to us and with this sketch i mean not sketch but the show idea and i remember it had a bunch of different names i remember we had a dinner and it was like these two guys and like the titles were just really crazy and right somebody right. there decided to say hey just name it after the kids right <laughs> and, uh, and that was great because i remember will smith talking about when he decided to have his name be will on the show he was like well you were all your fans are going to grow up with you and always know your name and i was like oh, 
that's genius. I'm glad we did that because <laughs> now yeah. it's like they know us as Keenan and Kel. It's Keenan and Kel. You know, they grow with us. Yeah. <laughs> Keenan and Kel yeah. launches. Mm-hmm. It is a big rating success. Very yeah. big deal at the time for a whole new generation of young people. Did you feel it at the time? Like, did you, were you like, oh, now it's hard to go to the grocery store? Like, were you feeling it or were you just like, hey, I'm doing what I love. I'm having a great time. You know, how, how was that for you? Did your life change? It took a like, okay, because uh, I always explain this like back in the day, it wasn't like how it is now where they, they put the shows out and it's like instant because it's on social media. Right. But it, took, it was a slow burn because it was like people had to, you know, discover the show, uh, go crazy over it. So for us, we were just like in Florida, it was nuts. We couldn't really go anywhere. Because it was like our audience was all high school students that all like frequent around there. So we couldn't really go anywhere. But right. then when the show really started taking off, like, you know, when Kenny Mikkel came out and then we were doing all that in Kenny Mikkel at the same time, uh, it did get crazy. Like we couldn't go anywhere where like there were kids, <laughs> like, you know, like Chuck E. Cheese or the mall, <laughs> the mall, the movie, movie theaters, you know, all that stuff, stuff like that. And, and I remember going back home, I used to try to like be real low key. You know, about, you know what I mean? Like, with my right. boys. And so people would know, but after a while, it was just, it was crazy. Like, the fans were just going nuts over over the show, which was which was amazing. I mean, we got chased a lot and a lot of stuff like that, which is cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you were still young. I mean, you said, yeah. like, going to the movies. Yeah. I mean, maybe you weren't going to Chuck E. Cheese so much. You were a little old <laughs> for that. But, yeah. but, yeah, like, that's what you would do, right? I mean, at yeah. least at, at that time. Mm-hmm. You, you know, teenager, you go to the mall, you watch the movies, you yeah. hold hands or, you know, whatever you're doing there. And you yeah. can't, you can't do that. Did you feel isolated or was it just that you were happy with what you're doing? Man, you know, we were happy with what we were doing. It was just an experience, like, just like, man, we're just, we're having a blast with that. I think as we started to get to the adulting stage, because there was also a point in between this where we're now, you know, turning 17, 18. You know what I mean? Uh, within this process and having this, you know, adult within the limelight. So that was different things. We're like trying to not isolate it, but everybody doesn't really understand the dynamic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Having a public opinion and being in the public and uh, who can you trust? And if people are trying to, you know, do certain things wrong, like all those different things, you know what I mean? So that did happen within the process. You know, there was a, a turn within it, <laughs> but it was still an enjoyable time. Yeah. yeah. At 18, Ed and Dex finally get to graduate from the little screen and go make a movie. Good burger. Yes. Tell me about making that movie. Woo. I mean, you'd been working together and mm-hmm. in some ways you'd been working on these even specific characters for a, a, a while. Yeah. Did this feel special? Yeah, man. I mean, it, it was it was the same thing again where the producers and the writers, because we always know they meet us in different dressing rooms, like, hey, we got a meeting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> come on over. And we sat down and they're like, okay, so check it out. We want to, you know, have Good Burger uh, turn into a movie. Now, Good Burger had already had like some success even more because like the musical guests always wanted to be in a Good Burger sketch, which was okay. cool for me, you know, because I love hip hop and music and all that. And so it had already put out a single with uh, the top like R&B kid group around that time called Immature. And so I I had already been on the Billboard chart, Soul Train as Ed, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Doing all right. this stuff. Right. And then it was a thing where like, okay, this they were looking at the model, same again with, you know, SNL, where, you know, you take a sketch and That's turn right. it into a movie. So it was like, all right, let's take this Ed character and do that. And then the first script I remember was about this this thick. And it had every character. So all my characters were in there. Uh, All of Keenan's characters were in there from all that. Uh, But then they, Paramount dialed us down and was like, let's just keep it to Ed in in that world of Ed. And for Keenan, they were trying to create a character. Keenan had already done Mighty Ducks and even before all that. Right. So they were trying to create like, does he do, do, should he do Lester Oaks construction worker, which was a character he did on all that, right? Or make him just a kid that goes through these, you know, this issue. And uh, I'm glad they did that because his story in in Good Burger was just, you know, amazing. And uh, yeah, man, this was my first film, and you know, Keenan had already done one already, so he was giving me a lot of you know advice on on film world. But it was great, man, to have this movie come out. And, and just be amazing. I remember seeing a billboard on Sunset Boulevard of us surfboarding on a pickle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And tomatoes yeah. with the mud, you know, the mustard flying and everything. So, and it took off very well. I mean, it, it's Good Burger is the, the gift that keeps on giving right now. So, right. It's awesome, man. Yeah. I want to go back for one second because you keep talking about these meetings, these big meetings. <laughs> you get the secret nod, like, here we go. Let's go into there. And yeah. you know something's going to happen. I mean, it's interesting. I know it's got to be somewhat different from SNL, but I want to know about the collaboration that happens because you are kids. You have writers. How much say are you giving? Again, two-parter. I don't even usually do two-parters, but I don't know. (laughs) Two-part question. How much say do you have in, in the conception or writing direction of scripts? And then two... My least favorite question of all time when they when people ask me this, but I am curious, again, because you're still so young at this time, how much freedom are you given to improvise while you're shooting? Man, so with all of that, it was a ton, which is kind of okay. cool because you're talking about like our producers on the show were also in the industry as kids too, but now they were, you know, adults, but young, young adults. And so they were, this was like their first show, especially with all that. And so they were like enjoying this process with us. And so a lot of the characters, especially on, from my side, I brought a lot of characters in from these voices that right. I had already been doing. And so they used to say, hey, do it, film it twice the way we wrote. And I was like, okay, cool. And then it was go crazy. Yeah, improv. that was us too. Uh, okay. I remember one time when I did improv, and the, the place went crazy, cracking up, laughing. And then they their like, lights went off, like, okay, hey, Kel, what else you got? Keep it going, keep it going. Hey, Keenan, what else you got? What else you got? And then that started to turn into us having these fun banters with the writers. We're like, well, what if we take it there? What if we take it there? And this is what I mean about Adele. Within the process, now you start to understand, like, oh, wait, I should have been being paid as a writer at this point. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's all good. It was like what I've learned, what I learned through that process was amazing, man. And we have amazing writing staff, not to jump too far ahead, but the, you know, Kevin Heath, who uh, also penned Good Burger 2, and they penned the first one. These are people that have known us for for years. So, you know, that improv and that machine of what we have worked so well. And I, I remember one time when they started writing in, in all that scripts and they laugh about this. They wrote, and then Kel does something physical. 
And right. Tail goes crazy. Tail does it. And they wouldn't even like give the action because they just didn't know what I might do. So they were right. just like, go nuts. <laughs> Which was fun, man. Yeah. An iconic movie for its time. Now you're going back 25 years later. Mm-hmm. What made you want to do it? Besides the obvious reasons. Like, <laughs> did someone approach you? Did, were you pushing for it? Like, how did it come about to get you guys together again? Well, I remember the first time it was spoke about, I was doing a show back on Nickelodeon called Game Shakers. Okay. I was playing this wild hip hop mogul <laughs> that uh, that owned a company with, with these young teenage girls that were coders, right? And uh, it was a fun, fun show. And I remember at that time, Jimmy Fallon hit us up and said, hey, I would love to do this Keenan and Kel reunion of Good Burger. And, uh, <laughs> on his show. On his show. Yeah. I just watched that this morning. So, okay. So now, <laughs> I, I, all right. So go ahead. I didn't know that. That's where it started. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So Jimmy, Jimmy's part of it. So it, it, behind, you know, the scenes, we had already been a lot of whispers about, oh, we need to do Good Burger 2. We need to do Good Burger 2. And we were trying to get all the minds together from, you know, the beginning of all of this and all that to come together and try to put this together. Uh, we had done a few ideas, had the meetings about where it could go. But when it got real <laughs> was when Jimmy did that and it, the internet went crazy. Even Keenan and I both, and we we talked, you know, we talked about this where I remember we were behind the curtain and we were like, man, yo, we've done people like a disservice. Like, you know what I mean? We should have done this way back. You know what I mean? But this is awesome. You know, it's, it's God's timing. Let's do this again. We need to figure this out. You know what I mean? Of, you know, this Keenan and Kale world of Good Burger or where we want to take it. Uh, then the conversation started getting more real. We started having, you know, real script conversations. Uh, some of it was <laughs> like where they were taking the story was something wild. And then some of it was good. And then we finally found the right story for Dexter and for it. Because, you know, now they're adults. And where are they now? Do they have kids? What's happening? And it's right. a fun story. And we wanted, well, it was very important to us to have Good Burger 2 stand on its own, where that it can be its own movie. Like you could see two and it'll be okay You need, if you didn't see one, you know? And so that was very important to us. And then them also making us producers on the project too as well, because that was a beautiful thing too. So shout out to Paramount, shout out to Nickelodeon for doing that, just so that Ed wouldn't turn into something that the 90s kids would be like, well, Ed wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? Right, right, and right. So I had to make sure that the character stayed to, true to who he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. You know, so such a long period of time yeah. passes in between the two movies how much communication did you and keenan have during this really long period of time yeah man so it was like on and off you know what i mean okay. but then i think because people you know when people see us you know they still look at us as kids right <laughs> so they, they don't realize like you know we're right. we have lives you know what i mean we experience different things you know uh but it's so beautiful like because he was on the he was on the east coast and i was in los angeles and, you know, different worlds, you know what I mean? But yeah. uh, we try to stay in contact. I always explain it like, you know, it's a friend you had in high school and then you all go off to college to different places, and all these different things and try to stay in contact. But I remember us having a real conversation on the phone one time and that was around the, the Game Shaker time and the Fallon time. And we were like, look, man, let's stay in contact, you know, because it was a lot within that conversation where it was like, okay. You know, let's talk about 
life and, and what went on back in the day and the crazy things people were telling us and all this stuff. And it was cool to be able to experience each other as adults now, which is great. Right. And to have this friendship from when we were, you know, man, 15 years old, you know, all the way right. to now, you know, 45. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was thinking about it today, watching some of your old stuff and thinking about your relationship. And I was thinking about the first time when I was working on NBC and he was working on NBC. And I, I, I mean, I can't exactly put it together, but it's got to be like early on for him. But like 2005, 2006, so, somewhere in there. And I read that he started doing SNL in 2003. So you guys were done a couple of years before that. And it feels like so long ago. And yet you all have a lifetime before that. Like, it's crazy. I mean, it goes to the staying power of you and him and the two of you together that after so many years and so much success that you've birthed this thing again, I just think it's so awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a blessing, man. And I mean, too, when we got the call that Good Burger was number one, you know, <laughs> most streamed on Paramount Plus since it launched, that was an emotional time for us. Just to, you know, because that many years, you know, as an actor, yeah, sure, as an actor to go back to a character, <laughs> whereas you know it's been that long. That's that's awesome, man. And then to a, to open it up to another generation. Cause there's kids that are five or six years old having Good Burger birthday parties and uh, right. watching Keenan and Kel and you know all these shows. It's, yeah. it's cool and experiencing with my kids, like my you know my two youngest, uh, Honor and Wisdom, are in the movie. You know what I mean? As uh, oh, that's my, cool. as kids, so that's just awesome. Yeah. Did you have any hesitance going back to it after so long? To it, um, no, I didn't because okay. in 2019 we launched the return of all that. And yeah. so we brought it, brought it back. And so I, I jumped on there with the kids, even though I was producing, uh, I did some of the characters like Coach Creedon and Ed and brought them back. So I was kind of in the shoes of it again already. So it didn't feel too crazy a few years later to be doing it again. It didn't really kick in until I want to say the week before it came out. Like it was, okay. it was kind of like, <laughs> okay, here we are. Here uh, we go. How are they going to respond <laughs> to this? And uh, that's when it kicked in. Uh, but man, thank God everybody loves it, man. And they're, they're, they're digging and they're, and they're on this journey with us. And I think that's, what's cool. I kind of compare it to like new edition, you right. know, for me, like I, I grew up with new edition, you know, <laughs> yeah, I followed them along the journey since they were kids too. So it's kind of like that where people kind of grew up with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. done a lot of voiceover and mm. animation work Love you uh, clifford the big red dog yes. of note for sure pink <laughs> panther and pals wild gardeners do you enjoy the voiceover work Dude, I, I love I do uh, too. the voiceover world. It's so fun. It's so great. I mean, you know, you could you could go do it in your pajamas if you wanted to. But <laughs> <laughs> I I just I just did this morning. Yes, I know. Exactly. I know. It's, a, it's great, man. And 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 but it's a, because it takes some real some real work and comedic work too. You know, I was blessed to be uh, on a show with Chris Summers, which is like, I mean, she's like amazing legend legend in the voiceover world and so she was able to give me a lot of advice and you know you're you know really going all out with these voices you know <laughs> with your voice right. even still you know so i i enjoy doing it man it's fun especially doing character work it's, it's a blast <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah i there's a freedom that you have you know i haven't done a sketch show like yours where you're 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 able to play a variety of characters within you know one show but having that freedom of just using your voice and creating characters, I find truly like really fun. I, yeah. I just love doing it. Yeah. I love it. And, and then I'm in the animation too. Cause you know, I go to <laughs> the comic cons and I, I love, right. You know, <laughs> all the, all the animation and animated cartoons, you know, that helped with my comedy too as well. So, um, and I love the Muppets. That's not animation, but it's voiceover. It's, well, it's, <laughs> it's voiceover. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, voiceover. <laughs> How is it for you being so hugely associated with children's programming? Like, do you love that? Do you wish that you had more opportunities? I don't know for an older audience. And do does the fact that you have kids does that influence for you any of the types of projects that you're interested in doing? Yeah, man, it's it's really what I feel, you know, uh, when I'm reading the script because I have done uh, adult stuff. I've I've done a very deep, oh, of uh, period period piece with John Sales, of course, uh, called Honey Dripper. But it's something about I love family entertainment. You know okay. what I mean? Just in in general, because you, the whole family can enjoy it together. So it is really cool for me to 
put a smile on, you know, my kids' faces and then also other kids' faces. Uh, and I think, too, uh, when you do that, what I started to notice was working in family enchantment for so long, you grow up with the parents and then yes. your kids grow up with you, too. Yeah. So you kind of you stay you know, where, where it's like you have these new fan base every time because you're being introduced over and over again. And I see that family tournament, not so not so much in the uh, adult space as much as I do yeah. in the family space, which is which is cool. It keeps you timeless, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You are the recipient of a, truly a huge award, a Kids' Choice Award, also <laughs> a Cable Ace Award, but... Those Kid Choice Awards are, are so much fun, and it's a significant and noteworthy honor. Is that something you're very proud of? Of course, man. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, when, when that happened, you know, it was it was awesome. You know, to be uh, in a category with uh, so many great other comedians, and every time it, there's an award that happens, it's always a humbling feeling and, and an awesome feeling. To, you know, to get that award, you know. Emmy nominated, you know, even through all those different things, it's been great. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Adults can fake laugh. <laughs> mm -hmm. Kids mm -hmm. don't fake laugh. Right. Like, like you have to really make them laugh and make them make them love you because they're not going to pretend. Nah. I'm, wit I'm witness to it every day when I think I'm hilarious <laughs> and a dead stare comes back at you. So in a, in a way, you have you have conquered uh, the the greatest critics in the world. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Yeah, man. Kids keep it real. They keep it all the way one hundred, and that's what I do, man. Like even here, like I'll tell a joke, see my kids will crack up. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. I'm like, oh yep, that'll work. That'll that'll work. that'll that'll work. That'll work. <laughs> You're an accomplished musician. I did want to ask you about your time on all that. I mean, much like the structure of SNL, a music group, you mentioned it before every week. Did you learn anything from them or was there anything about your experience working with them? And, and as you mentioned, so many of them wanting to be in, in the good burger sketch at the time, getting to know them. How do you think that that, uh, affected and, and potentially helped your music career? Man, seeing, uh, these, performances, the the type of team that they had, that they came along with, the preparation before they performed, you know, the artists that <laughs> were late, the artists that were on time, the artists that, you know, practiced their dance moves on the stage, uh, practiced with us, the ones that were talkative and cool and the ones that weren't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, right. you just kind of, it, it really prepared me for what I wanted to do as far as like in entertainment, how I wanted to be perceived. Um, those moments of, you know, dance battling against Cisco or dance battle against Usher, um, TLC, uh, hanging out with me and my siblings and, you know, all this. And we're still all in contact now. Like, it's just awesome, man. Like you're talking about walking through Chicago streets on my Walkman, listening to these people. <laughs> and right. then like a few months later, I'm kicking it with them, hanging with them, uh, have their phone numbers. That's that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. You have a new yeah. single out fairly recently go time yeah. you've been writing making music for a long long time and in fact you did the theme song to good burger we're yeah. all dudes now did you have that in mind was there a secret room where you got the nod and pulled in and someone <laughs> told you to, to to do the song like how 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 did that come about 
So it was like, you know, uh, when the, all that sketches would start, mm. there's a bit of like the camera would pan in <laughs> for Ed. So it was a moment of dead air. So I used to say like, okay, what is Ed doing at that moment? You know how sitcoms, people walk in and have this a ridiculous improv conversation. Like, sure. Yeah, I just ate an orange. Whatever. So I did this little ditty like, oh, I'm a dude. He's a dude. And I was bang on the register. And it became part of the sketch. That little ditty uh, needed to turn into a song, you know. And so Ed had already had success with doing the immature song and all that stuff like that. And then when we did the movie, it was like, let's make I'm a dude a, a song, an actual, like, for real song. And I remember Brian, because his mind is just like, he's ready, like, right then and there. He's like, Kel, write the song. After you write the song, we're having a meeting at Paramount for Capitol Records. What? And so, like, I wrote it, literally wrote verses to this hook that was already, you know, all the kids knew. And I wrote the hook. I drove over there. I had not sung the song out loud. I remember we were all out dinner at the <laughs> Paramount lunch. And he said, sing it. And so I literally had to sing it in front of in front of everybody. And they loved it. They said, oh, this is awesome. And Brian hadn't heard, he hadn't heard it yet? He hadn't heard it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's it. confidence right there. Yeah, he had trust in me because he knew yeah. I, was, I was in music. Uh, shout out to Brian. I rocked it within there. I knew how important this was. You know, he's like a big brother to me. So I was like, okay, let's do it. And then after that, it was Less Than Jake was on Capitol Records. And so at that time, and they were a ska band. And I, next thing I know, I'm flying to Florida because I was in LA at that point. Flew to Florida, did the song with them. And it just took off, man. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. It took off, man. Yeah. You have another career outside of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a pastor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does music play a big role for you in your ministry? Yeah, man. I, I, you know, being how I explained before with the whole rat pack and I'm into all of that. Right. And also within my faith, everything that I'm involved in the same thing. Because just like you said with the teens, you know, it's like uh, they're very, very real with you. You know what I mean? So if you want to reach them, you got to, you know, reach them and let them know, hey, you know, I've been through the same things you've been through. I know I understand the type of music you listen to and all these different things and introduce faith to them in that way, too, because they're bombarded with so much, you know, as far as social media. And so within my music, within my sermons, within all that I do, it's relatable to them, but then also leads them to their faith and knowing that they're beautifully and wonderfully made by God, man. So I've been I've been doing that for years, you know what I mean, uh, behind the scenes as well. Been doing that for years, and you know, people started to get <laughs> wind of it, you know, at my church, which is has been awesome, man. And I, I love doing it. You know, a lot of my teams now they've graduated, they're in college now, and you know, it's it's cool to see them. You know, hit me up, send me letters, and go, hey, man, thank you, Pastor Kill, for the things you told me years ago. I'm still utilizing it today, so it's been awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, is there going to be a good burger three? Hey, okay. So I say it at the end because Keenan and I are like, yo, look, let's just Vin Diesel this thing, bro. <laughs> good, good burger in space, fast burgers, like whatever, man. So right. uh, people want it. I mean, if they want it, let's, let's give it to them. We're not going to make them wait another 26 years, though. But that might be funny. <laughs> that, you, at a certain point, it's going to be really difficult. It's <laughs> yeah. going to be really difficult. Maybe not in 26 years, but in 52 years, it's going to start getting tough for the physical comedy, for sure. As good as you are, at a certain point, 
<laughs> it's going to it's going to be tougher. You know, it's so funny about this genre. I have an 8-year-old and she is watching in living color. No joke, after what I have been watching and reminding myself again over the next 24 hours, I'm going to show her Keenan and Kel because it's probably even better. But there's something so incredible and fun and spirited about the physical comedy that you and and really everybody was doing and my daughter loves it watching it in in living color jim carrey and all those guys Ooh. just going nuts Love those guys. it's just funny right i mean like they're used to fully produced digital streaming entertainment you know with what you know back in the day would have been 25 million dollar budgets Mm-hmm. And yet she's sitting there on YouTube watching these old kind of grainy, <laughs> rusted out clips from In Living Color and just mesmerized yeah. by just the theatricality of it. I mean, I feel like in entertainment, we've lost that sort of boldness mm-hmm. of performance, yeah. you know, having that. Mm-hmm. I'm excited now to show her can she watch good burger too yeah how is, yeah of course yeah okay <laughs> yeah right. she can totally watch good burger eight's okay eight's okay yeah yeah it's pg right. so she'd be good <laughs> she'll be good all right yeah it's funny man but yeah it's the legends i tell comedians all the time go back and and, and watch yeah. them because those guys are like legendary you know what i mean and it show you so much you know, I, I was inspired by In Living Color and, and SNL and all the physical comedy and, you know, Tommy Davidson, Jamie Foxx, all these guys, man. So, yeah, man. <laughs> were you watching In Living Color? Yes. <laughs> While you were doing this, you were watching it? When I was a kid? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, because In Living Color was on before I even got on all that. Uh, and I was yeah. like a sta- staple in my household. And so Jim Carrey, you know, <laughs> Tommy Davidson, Keenan Ivory Wayne. And then to now... You know, know the Waynes, hang out with them. You know, it's awesome. And, I, and when we were doing Keenan and Kel, they were doing the Waynes Brothers show around the same time. So it's, it's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Dude, congratulations. I uh, I appreciate you coming and talking to all of us. And good luck Thank with you. Good Burger 2, 3, 4, <laughs> 5, Six, how many Fast and Furious? Seven. I think there's at least nine good burgers. I wish you all the best. Congratulations. Good luck. And yeah, I'm not giving you lip service here. My eight-year-old is going to be watching Good Burger. Well, I mean, it's a school day, but by the end of the weekend, she'll she'll be watching it. So you'll have another viewer. Thanks so much, Cal. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me on, man. Cheers. Kel, thank you so much for coming on. It was great getting to know you a little bit. And yes, congratulations on all your recent success. Listeners, if you want a little 90s nostalgia or, well, just a good laugh with you and maybe your kids, watch Good Burger 2 on Paramount+. Plus. Thanks for listening. I'm going to be back next week with another episode of Off the Beat. I'm going to have a great week this week, I can tell. I hope you do too.
Off the Beat is hosted and executive produced by me, Brian Baumgartner, alongside our executive producer, Ling Lee. Our senior producer is Diego Tapia. Our producers are Liz Hayes, Hannah Harris, and Emily Carr. Our talent producer is Ryan Papa Zachary, and our intern is Ali Amir Sahin. Our theme song, Bubble and Squeak, performed by the one and only Creed Bratton. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.